What's that you say, Sam Mulder? New associate computer science and software engineering research professor and 17 years Sandia National Laboratories veteran? What's that? The world isn't run by weapons anymore, or energy, or money. It's run by little ones and zeros, little bits of data. It's all just electrons. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. <laughs> it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Greetings, loyal listeners to the best podcast in all of higher education. I've said it once and I'll say it again. It'll be true for forever and a day. That would be the award-winning Hashtag Getting, brought to you by the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. I work for that place. I'm a communications specialist, they say. And marketing. Can't forget the and marketing. That's a, that's uh, Jeremy a big, Henderson's my name. That's a big M. Being awesome's my game, right? Yeah, Austin. I, yeah. I thought you said being Austin no, no, was your go game. Ahead and apply your car mix. Oh, yeah, there go we go. Ahead. Hey, yeah, it's a, it is a drying out in here Austin a little bit. Phillips over there. Old Apparently lips are getting chapped. Falls in the air. Mm-hmm. And Carmex is in oh, the pocket. Oh, hey, the old forehead will start chafing you, you a little put bit. Carmex after. on the forehead? No, but I'm just saying, you falls in the air once it starts getting dry. I got a oh. When you get old, you know your skin yeah, changes. Your skin. Yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> It's the most, your most largest organ, your largest organ, and your most troublesome. Care. And I drink a lot of water. Too. And he's a hydrator. Yeah, just yeah. old. That's hey, guess it. what? We have John Sluice back on hey! the team. A student worker, finally. Uh, no more. Finally, yeah. Once a yeah. Once in future king. No, that doesn't make any sense. So John has joined us. He as is a back. Producer director level two. Level two producer so, director. I'm telling you what that just goes to show you if you work hard. You believe in work, mm-hmm. hard work. Yep, it'll pay off. That's right. So no one else applied. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. That I love the way it worked out that way. It did. That was you great. Know, hey, that was easy. That was easy. Austin, today we're joined by a special guest. Uh, I need to ask first off, Sam, is it going to be okay if Phoebe goes home with y'all on Thursday night again? Uh, absolutely. Okay, great. Okay, Sam Mulder is here. A lot of people know and, him. Does he work here? Is he your babysitter? <laughs> no, a lot of people. A lot of people know him as an associate research professor of computer science and software oh, engineering. That's pretty tough. I know him as a ride for the kid. <laughs> <laughs> Sam's been helping out the Henderson household. We call him old Carpool Mulder. Right. <laughs> the uh, the Mulders have uh, been, uh, Phoebe in theater has met the uh, the Mulder clan. So and it for, is for, clan. Our, for our listeners, Phoebe is my daughter. Your daughter, your 11 year old. Middle, middle, middle yeah. 11 year old. Yeah. has gotten involved with theater. Sam's children are, I mean, how many? I mean, we got, he we got keeps, a lot. Well, he keeps putting this theater off on his child, but. We realize it's really probably his passion, and he's putting no, it off. On the no, channel. no, 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 no. That was a lifetime okay, ago. Whatever, Colonel Mustard. <laughs> no, that was a lifetime yeah, ago. Okay. Uh, Sam, how many you have? Uh, we have six kids right now. Holy six kids! What? Do you know what causes that? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's like <laughs> you know I do. <laughs> no six, six. That's of the more than a basketball team. Yeah, that is. It yeah. could be the molders, yeah, uh, the fighting molders. They're not very tall. So, <laughs> and uh, you've been here about a year now. I right? uh, started in January. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, you start, great. I thought it was in November last no, November. No, it started in January. So, well, we got to update right. LinkedIn then, Sam, <laughs> or, or some website. Because well, I, I think that's when I left. Uh, that's when I left the labs. So oh, never I, mind. I had a little bit of a break there. Okay. Well, so let's talk about the labs and everything. Well, so you, you came here, and uh, I mean, we got all kind of research. So, where'd you come from? 
So I spent about 17 years at Sandia National Labs before I came here. Oh, now that sounds fancy. What do they do over there? So Sandia National Labs is one of the three uh, national labs in the nuclear weapons complex. Uh, So Los Alamos National Labs and Lawrence Livermore National Labs developed the physics package for nuclear weapons, and Sandia does all the engineering around that. And so they do the use control, transportation, uh, maintenance, repair, all that kind of stuff. Crikey. So what did you do over there? Are you allowed to talk about it? <laughs> Some of it, yeah. So I, I did spend a lot of time doing uh, work that I can't talk about, but uh, the one of the primary goals of the group I was in is doing vulnerability assessments of various parts of the nuclear weapons chain. So we were looking at things like the use control system and trying to essentially model a nation state adversary and look at how that those systems can be attacked. Whoa. I mean, do you, how do you sleep at night? <laughs> One eye open? Yeah. I mean, I I think when you when you get into serious security, you kind of go one of two ways. You either become very, very paranoid or you just decide, you know what? There's no real security or protection and you might as well just live your life. (laughs) Thanks for joining us, Sam. This is uh, I'm going to go home and get the kids and don't worry about Phoebe coming over. (laughs) But how appropriate we we broadcast this from the uh, McCrary Institute for. Uh, critical and cyber infrastructure security. Ever heard the, of it? the conference room uh, <laughs> here, and uh, Frank Salufar, our director. You know, I've I've heard him tell so many stories, and I've asked him the same thing. I'm just, how can you know the stuff that you know and not just yeah. sit there wide eyed all night, just going? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's got to be. Uh, I don't know. That that is a burden to bear. I would think. Well, you know, it, it all depends on what you're trying to protect. So when we think about security, you have to think about who the adversary is. So if I, if I ask you, you know, is your home secure, right? You may have nice locks on your door and you may say, yeah, you know, it's, it's relatively secure. You know, a, a drunk stumbling down the street who tries to get in my house probably won't be able to. Uh, but a cat burglar probably would. You know, a SEAL team certainly would. Sure. Uh, you know, a nuclear so, bomb. Boy. So from that, from that <laughs> per- sense, you know, we're used to living in an environment in which there's not true security, right? You know that if a SEAL team wanted to get you, they could get you at any point. And yet somehow you still sleep at night. The same is true in the cyber world. I wonder if the SEALs, you think they'd ever come for me? Dear, I don't think you'd take the seals. I, <laughs> you know, I really don't. The security. Barney, uh, Barney, security. Barney Boff in one bullet and you're done. Uh, have you ever heard? Oh, I don't even know the name of the thing. What's the security system? Simply Safe? Simply Safe. You ever heard of that? Yeah. Do y'all have security over there? Or do you just have you? Security where? At the house. No, don't oh. answer that. I don't want, I don't yeah, want to get anybody in. I'm not going to go into details. Yeah, exactly. I worked for a nuclear bomb well, so, place. So, <laughs> so, how, so how did you get, I would think that like smart people, you know, have to get are recruited by the, the Sandia folks and everything. So like, how does one get, you know what I mean? Is it like some clandestine CIA movie type thing where some guy like slips you an envelope at a diner? That's essentially yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, <laughs> Dr. Daniel Torres, who you've interviewed previously, was a good friend of mine from way back. He actually uh, joined the university where I got my PhD um, a little over a year before I finished my PhD. Um, and so I met him. There. And where, where was that? Uh, that was uh, Missouri S&T is yep. what it's called now. It used to be University of Missouri Rolla. Yep. Um, and so he was he was there as I was finishing my PhD and we became friends and stayed connected. And I've actually worked with him quite a bit over the years. He came out and did a sabbatical in New Mexico with us and. Uh, so we've stayed in touch. So when he came here, he started talking to me about how much he enjoyed it here and uh, started kind of putting the cell on and trying to convince me to move out. Rock and roll. 
Thank you, Danny. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah. Cyber Research Center, getting it done. Well, so, some of these specific interests, I mean, we're talking about security and everything, but within that you know, arena, what are the specific aspects of security that you are, I don't know, the most passionate about, inclined to, toward, so you know what I'm saying. That we can talk about. Yeah, that we can talk about. <laughs> So uh, most of my research is focused on uh, binary program analysis. So it's essentially looking at executable code and trying to understand what it does. Um, so if we think of a process of constructing software, like software engineering is a sort of forward engineering, what we're doing is reverse engineering. We're taking things that exist and trying to understand how they were built and how they were put together. And you can do that for a lot of different reasons. You know, One of my original missions for that was to look for vulnerabilities, right? Was to try to understand if, uh, something had vulnerabilities that could be exploited by an adversary. And so we uh, couldn't trust the source code. So we had to look directly at the binary. Um, but there are a lot of other reasons why you might want to do that. Um, part of it, just curiosity, right? You see something, you want to know how it works. It's the the standard you know thing that you think about all engineers do when they're kids, right? And they take everything apart and they put it back together. That's basically what I do just with software. Hmm. Well, I guess I would think that, again, I don't know a lot about life. Definitely about, you know, binary software and everything. But, I mean, it seems to me from over here that you could only maybe do that, like, so much, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, especially binary. Like, that means two, doesn't it? That's like, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's two nary. It does. <laughs> yeah, so everything everything in the computer is represented in binary, right? Every Everything that you interact with like ones on the internet, and everything is a sequence of one and, ones and zeros, right? right. That's, so when we say binary, we mean it's it's in a form that the computer can understand, not in a form that humans can understand. Um, okay. So we're looking at the the final executable form of the program. But th those can only be arranged, I guess. I, I guess when I'm thinking of like something that can be exploited, like when you get down to that level, like what 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 does that exploitation look like in in a binary sense? You know what I mean? Like, would that be somebody slipping in just a zero or something? Well, or so, like, yeah, like right. So a lot of it's just understanding how the program's constructed, and there there are many many ways to defeat programs. Part of it can be understanding how it works so that you can do something that it's not anticipating. Uh, many, many kinds of exploits uh, take advantage of basically mistakes that programmers have made. So you can uh, maybe write a bunch of junk into uh, an input field that the program wasn't expecting and overwrite some of the internal data structures and get it to start to behave in ways that it wasn't supposed to. Um, yeah, that, there are a lot of different ways you can exploit programs. I think that's what Joe does with Cascade. Oh, you know, I, that's exactly where I was going. I was just thinking, you got to help. You got to help our guy. Out. Oh, yeah. Well, we got a guy who needs a little, little help on that side. But. Can you give us an example of that? Is there is there a famous example? Like, you know, when you get together with the Daniel Torrances of the world, you know, or we're kicking a certain back. movie. Well, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I was, I was hoping you're going to get. I mean, I'm going I'm going to get to the movies. But is there is there a certain example of that throughout history? You know, maybe I don't know, maybe a high profile one, maybe the one that doesn't know, you know, that no one knows. Well, actually, you know, one of the uh, one of the things that I'm looking at lately is uh, supply chain stuff. And so that is looking at uh, software that we get from vendors and trying to understand if it does what they say it did. So if you've heard of the solar winds attacks that happened uh, in the last couple of years, those essentially were a supply chain uh, issue where the U.S. government bought stuff from a company, SolarWinds, who had been attacked. And there was malicious software mixed in with the good software we were buying. Uh, but we didn't see the source code to any of that. And so the only way to detect that sort of software was either the way we did, which is observe the behavior of it afterwards, or what would have been preferable would have been to be able to analyze the executable content ahead of time and recognize, hey, there's stuff here that doesn't belong here. 
Gotcha. Solar, solar winds. Hmm. So how John, do, how you were nodding how like do we you knew av- what that was. Did you act? Do you actually know, or are you just being polite or something? Uh, he went outside earlier today. No, he's like, "That's warm. That's <laughs> some of that solar wind." Um, how do we prevent that from from us getting in agreements like that and, and making purchases like that? How do we avoid that? So honestly, we're a really long way from being able to. Um, right now, as a nation, we don't have the capability to analyze substantial amounts of software in any kind of reasonable period of time. You know, if you look at the forward engineering problem, even uh, looking at source code, the way that a piece of software is built, if you look at a large piece of software like a web browser or word processor or something like that, you know, there's nobody, no one programmer on that team who understands how that thing works. The reverse engineering is much, much harder. So you're trying to, uh, you know, take it through a lot of stages of kind of unraveling it and bringing back to something a person could look at. And each of those stages is, is lossy. Uh, has room for error. And so by the time people are looking at it, you know, it takes a lot of work to even start to figure out what small parts of it do, uh, much less be able to work in a large team such that you could understand the whole piece of software. And so we're a very, very long way uh, from being able to do that. So how, how could AI could AI help us in, in this? So it's uh, certainly something that a lot of people are looking at. Um, it's very difficult because the systems are extremely brittle. So AI is generally good at recognizing uh, patterns in regularly di- distributed information. So it's good at looking at natural systems and, and observing patterns and being able to sort things into categories and stuff like that. Uh, but when you're looking at a piece of software, the dif- difference between it being correct and being highly vulnerable could be one bit in this huge piece of software. And that's a that's an issue that AI has a hard time with. I, I won't say that it's impossible. There are approaches that we can use. And part of it is Uh, doing things with humans in the loop. So if we build systems that allow human reverse engineers to do part of the job, we have tools that do other things that can be done in an automated fashion, and then we find small pieces of it for which AI is well-suited, that's probably the right way to start bringing AI into the problem. I'm just glad we got people like Sam and Daniel working. Well, and and again, they're preparing our students to to address those things. He says, you know, we, we have a a deficit in being able to have enough people doing that. And, that, and that's what we're doing. We just had the uh, Alabama Cyber New School in Huntsville open uh, sure. this week that the governor was at. I mean, it's going to be we're, – we're sitting in a hotbed of uh, of the epicenter that could take care of solving some of these problems. You got any good students in the, in the wings? I mean, are we uh, – Starting to get there. Uh, really, the problem, though, is not one of just manpower. It's also a matter of understanding theory and, and tools because – uh, you can't throw enough people at this problem to solve it. And so it needs both people. There is, a, there is a high demand and a shortage of people, but we also need a lot of research active in the area. We're sitting at the epicenter of no, research where we're going to get this done. Yeah. No, no, this is it. This is literally the most protected room probably, probably, I mean, probably in, in this is. country. It, it probably, could be. Hey, it's shut down some podcasts before, <laughs> just magically. <laughs> Ah, John, thank God yeah, you're thank, back. Thank God, John. Oh, whew, you wouldn't believe some of the problems we well, had. Well, we got to get some backstory on Sam. So, undergrad at uh, Texas Tech University. And where are you from originally? Um, I'm from near the Dallas area, a small town called Forney. Okay. What turned what turned you on to Texas Tech? Uh, I believe it was the cheapest public institution <laughs> that had a reasonably ranked computer science program. <laughs> nice. nice. And, right. and they beat Texas, you know, recently. Well, when, so, too. so after there, where we go? Uh, so then I went to uh, oh, right. Rolla for grad school. Right. Yep. Yeah. I knew that. Yeah. So I, I had met with a professor at Texas Tech and started doing research with him. Uh, and then he was hired by Rolla. And so he invited me to come with him. And I went along. What was your yeah. first computer? My first computer was a TI 99 4A uh, in the early 80s. Love mm, it. Okay. Well, and it, 
what got you into this field and so, got you so interested? War games. Yeah. Well, my dad uh, worked for Texas Instruments, and so uh, they were one of the, the people. Uh, yeah. He was an electrical engineer, and Texas Instruments built one of the very early uh, personal computers, that TI-994A. And so he brought that home when I was little, and uh, there wasn't a lot of software around it at that point. And so I was trying to figure out how to do assembly programming and uh, things like that from a very early age. A lot of <laughs> how self- early are we talking? Yeah. How early are you like building your own software? Oh, so I mean, uh, uh, well, do, doing very basic programming and stuff, maybe eight or nine, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, at that point, you know, I was, there were there were magazines where you could actually like type in programs that were printed in the magazine. And so I started off with that and then figuring out how to modify those. Mm, I was playing with He-Man. No, I was doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, I was, I was right there with you, Sam. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, well, that is a, I don't know. I mean, it's like I have you, so much. Well, you brought up war games. You have seen war games, right? Yes, of course. Uh, okay. well, so, <laughs> hey, you can't say a course because we've had this show oh, yeah. for three been, years, and I bet every time we've asked that question, everybody goes, what, what is this movie you yeah, speak of? Losers. Who is Matthew Bro- Broderick? Broderick? <laughs> no, <laughs> but help me out, though. In terms of movies, you know, computery kind of security movies, please tell me Sneakers is on your list. Absolutely. Sneakers, yes. sneakers is probably one of the most accurate representations yes. of the kind of work that we do. That's what Frank said. <laughs> I'm telling you. See, smart people like this movie. I have a Sneakers poster in the Sam, office. Sam, are you Sam. really his cousin? <laughs> no, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Smart Old people are Sam. big. Too yeah. many secrets. That's my Wi-Fi uh, yeah. network. So yeah. anyway. Voice is your password. I'm, Thank you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> verify me. Yes. Oh, we're going to get together. I just feel, I just Thursday feel, with Phoebe. I just feel like John Riley and Will Ferrell and stepbrothers did we just become best friends yeah <laughs> my voice is my passport verify me uh sam i can't thank you enough i could keep going on in this and you could terrify me till tuesday um but uh hey he's got to go pick phoebe up so yeah, he can't stay any longer but yeah phoebe's not gonna get herself home so uh, if you could go ahead and leave that'd be great no thanks uh thanks a ton for joining yeah, us keep up the great I, work uh, i met you know uh emily and you know told her where i work she said well lo and behold that's where my husband sam works hey welcome and then to Started Auburn, telling me, yeah. you know, like, well, he's been doing just a bunch of top secret stuff for a while, so yeah, he might be cool. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, that's a, uh, it's, it's awesome. I'm glad Emily we was up. right. Emily was right. Thanks so much, Sam. Hey, War Eagle, can War you say Eagle. It? What's it? That what's War Eagle and binary? Do we know? No, no, no idea. War Eagle. <laughs> You're listening to the hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering.